The teaching is something that's near and dear to my heart. It's entitled The Five Types of People That Received the Baptism in the Holy Spirit in the Book of Acts. And also, they received their prayer language. They had an outpouring of God in one form or another. They received the gift of tongues. And so, we're going to talk about the five types of people who received the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. So if you just uh, sit for a minute, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab it. If not, I'm going to be quoting from Scripture. We anchor everything to the morning of Scripture and prepare to receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit tonight. Prepare to receive a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. God's going to show up right where you're at and he's going to meet you where you're at, just like he did for me in 1990 in a prison cell when he baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And trust me, if I qualified in that situation for a visitation of the Lord, you qualify right where you're at. So the five types of people that received the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. The book of Acts records five different types of people who received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Number one is the prepared Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. Number 2, the open. They were open to receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. And then the antagonistic or the hostile. They also can receive the Holy Spirit in their scriptural basis in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 11. And we're going to go through these passages because we want to build on scripture. Number 4 is the unlikely. You might be unlikely to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, you qualify Two, and that's Acts chapter 10, verse 45 through 48. And also number five, the uninformed. People who don't even know there is such a thing as a Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they also received in Acts chapter 19, verse one through six. So regardless of what type of person you are at this time, I believe that God fully desires to fill you with his Holy Spirit or give you fresh fire today, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to empower you to live in victory. He always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus, and he anoints you with the Holy Spirit. So whether you're the prepared Acts 2, 1 through 4, the open Acts 8, 14 through 15, the antagonistic or hostile Acts 9, 1 through 11, the unlikely Acts 10, 45 through 48, or the uninformed Acts 19, 1 through 6, it's your day for impartation, it's your day for a visitation, it's your day for a baptism afresh in the Holy Spirit and fire. So let's look at our first passage. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. Our first book of Acts example where God's people receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit occurs on the day of Pentecost. This occurs 50 days historically after Jesus was crucified. The 120 were in the upper room and they were prepared to receive the Holy Spirit. They'd been in prayer for 10 days preparing for the Holy Spirit. A lot of churches that I know, oh, if you're going to get the Holy Spirit, you've got to be prepared. You've got to go on a fast. You've got to go on a long time seeking the Holy Spirit. You need to tarry. Well, guess what? That's one way you can receive. But as we're going to find out in Scripture, the Holy Spirit will get you when you're least expecting it to because He loves you so much. 
He wants to visit you. He loves you just the way you are, but loves you way too much to leave you in your current condition. He changes us from glory to glory and faith to faith. These 120 were in an upper room waiting on God in prayer when the Spirit of God fell upon each one of them. Here's the verse, Acts 2.2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. You imagine a Holy Ghost tornado came in. Then there appeared unto them physical appearance of divided tongues as of fire and sat one upon each of them. What a dramatic outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, he still moves that way today. I have friends who are preaching and fire will fill the room. I've had friends that have been preaching and fire comes over the church or over the area and firemen show up to put out the fire because people report the fire that they see when they get there. There's not a physical fire, but a spiritual fire and the dramatic change in the lives of people. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you'll ask him, he'll show up. And if you see something in scripture, all you have to do is say, God, you highlighted that to me. I want it too, because you're no respecter of persons. You know, God responds based upon hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The word shall is a command. So if you're hungry, he'll fill you. I like what my friend evangelist from Australia, Carl Butler, preached recently. He says, you know, I can't impart anything to anybody. It's their hunger that makes room and pulls it from heaven to earth through a minister. So if you're hungry, God's going to fill you. And if you're sermon-proof, like a waterproof watch is waterproof, ask the Lord to break off that demonic armor or that religious spirit and enable you to receive the engrafted word which is able to save, heal, deliver, fill, empower your soul. But just take a second and just say, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm ready. Fill me. I'm hungry. Give me a hunger. You know what I pray sometimes? Lord, quicken me according to your word that I might have your spirit praying through me. Sometimes you gotta ask God to enable you to pray. Quicken you, make you alive. Fill me with a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. I don't have it, God. I want it. I need it. I become cold. I become stale. I become dry. I need you to come and empower me to seek you while I might still find you. Well, here's what happened. There came a sound of a rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and it sat one upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the New King James Version. I want to share something with you. What happened when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, there were 16 language groups present. They heard them declaring the wonderful works of God in their own native tongue. Do you know that in Acts chapter 2, there was tongues unknown to those that were filled and speaking, declaring the wonderful works of God. But they were unknown to the speaker, but they were known to some of the hearers. Because 16 language groups are represented. And we have a miracle here that took place. People were declaring the wonderful works of God in other people's language as a sign to non-believers. And the word tongues there is word, languages is the word dialectos. It's dialects. So there didn't need to be an interpreter on that day. 
because they heard them speaking in their own native tongue. Do you know God will do that for you? I have a friend of mine who went to go minister in Nepal. While he was in Nepal, he wanted to minister to the servant. He was staying in the servant's quarters with the servant. They had beds across, you know, room from each other. And he came home from ministering that night. And what occurred was he wanted to minister the word of God. The Lord just says, go ahead and, and preach to him. He says, but he speaks Nepalese. He says, obey me. I'll take care of the rest. So he began to speak in English. And the man began to hear him in fluent Nepalese. And he began to respond, the man from Nepal, in Nepalese. And as it came, it showed up as English for him. And they dialogued for 15 or 20 minutes in perfect language with one another. And he preached the gospel. The man said, yes, I wanted to receive this Jesus. He gets marvelously born again. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden it lifted and they couldn't understand each other anymore because they didn't speak the same language. God can bridge your moment. Sometimes when I'm casting out demons, all of a sudden I won't know what to say in English and the Lord will give me an utterance in tongues and it will be a direct word to name that demon and cast it right out. Because God will address that in tongues. And so when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, the Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness and makes groanings for you that words cannot express or not articulated in human speech. Allow the Lord to fill you and use you and empower you to do wonderful, wonderful things with him and for him because his word does not go forth and return void, but it accomplishes that which has been said. So that's one type of tongues we'll get to. The people that are prepared received the Holy Spirit. What's interesting about that passage, if I could give a footnote, is some that were standing by from the religious community, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you would think that they would say, oh my gosh, we've got a great miracle here. People are declaring the wonderful works of God in 16 language groups minimum, and people are amazed at the declaration. No man can say Jesus is accursed when speaking by the Holy Spirit. So you know this had to be the Holy Spirit declaring the wonderful works of God. Yet the religious community, they took a different perspective and they take a similar perspective today. They make the word of God of none effect with their traditions. You know the religious spirit can actually stop a move of God? A devil can't, but the traditions of men can. Don't allow the traditions of men to get in the way of the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life and rob you of the blessing. Jesus could do no mighty work in his own town of Nazareth because of their corporate unbelief. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Joseph's son? They got into this dialogue of questioning and they missed their day of visitation. We don't want to miss our day of visitation. So what happened was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they said, these men are drunk, stumbling drunks. Peter got up and said, this is, they're not drunk. This is what was prophesied in scripture by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will see dreams. Your old men will have visions. Even on my men servants and maid servants, he will pour out his spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees were offended because they didn't get the move of God. They tried to keep people from stepping into it because it went from the Holy Spirit anointing prophet, priest, and king to men, women, children, and this whole thing got poured out. It's your time. 
to get a touch and an empowerment from God. It's gone from the pulpit to the pew. And that will empower you to get out of the pew and go to the world. Because the pew kind of stinks sometimes if you just sit there. That's why they call it the pew, I think. That's probably not good, good theology, but it's a metaphor that will cause you to think. Number two. So the first one are the prepared. Number two, the open. The Samaritans were open to receive the Spirit's infilling. In fact, these didn't receive the infilling at salvation and baptism, but rather several days later, after they were born again and water baptized, about a week later, hands were laid on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is very interesting to me because most people say, well, when I got born again, I got the Holy Spirit. Yet you were born again and the Holy Spirit came on the inside of you like a pilot light, but there's a different level of the anointing. It's like a blender motor will churn up your smoothie in the morning, but when this power comes on you, it changes things. You get, you get an air conditioning engine, and then you can get a fresh level and you can get an airplane engine. Next thing you know, you get a, something nuclear. I, I've been around people that carry so much power then when you get around him, you can feel it roll off on them like Peter's shadow healed the sick and cast out devils. It's not whether you have the Holy Spirit. It's whether or not the Holy Spirit has you. Amen? Amen. So how many want the Holy Spirit to take over and to have them? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10, 38, with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed with the devil. Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons taken from his body while he preached. They had so much anointing on the overflow that they would send those handkerchiefs and aprons to other people. And those handkerchiefs, when they touched the people, demons would come out and people would be healed. I was in a Bible study on Monday nights in Waseca, Minnesota. The year was 1999. And it was a Monday night Bible study. It was like a prayer meeting, actually. They gave me permission because nobody showed up on Monday night. So for three of us to pray, well, three went to 10, 10 went to 15, 20, 30. Next thing I know, there's like 40 people on a Monday night. Every night it was like where God was just showing up and showing out revival, kicked off on the compound and Muslims were getting saved and miracles were happening. Chaplain was cocking his head. He'd only seen seven people get saved in his whole ministry. Now like 65 were saved in a matter of a few weeks and he and I kind of partnered in the kingdom and then he began to use what he had as his authority and my, I had inmate influence while I was incarcerated and God just marvelously poured out his spirit to the point to where people in the churches in Waseca, Minnesota heard what was going on in the prison. They started calling the prison in requesting to come in, not as volunteers, but to come in to get into the move of God that was taking place in the prison. That's a move of God. When people that are free on the outside want to come into the inside, not to volunteer to preach, but to volunteer so they could come in and participate and get a touch from God. So we were praying over prayer cloths. And what we did is we took a, a t-shirt, a nice clean new t-shirt. I think we might have broke a rule or something, but God gave us grace. And so we cut that thing up with a pair of those little mini scissors they allow you to buy in prison so you put the little rounded edges where you couldn't you know hurt anybody with it and thank god they've got protection there but uh, we cut up those that, that white t-shirt and extra large and we made these little bitty strips of prayer cloths and we put them in the center 
of the prayer group of 40 men who had been praying for days. And we were on a three-day fast at the time. And uh, we were going to break fast that night. So it was our third day. And as we prayed over their prayer cloths, the glory of God came into that fabric and became transferable by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then we all took prayer cloths and we sent out those prayer cloths and envelopes and the chaplain was gracious enough to write a one-page thing. He partnered with us. There's things you can't do in prison without a chaplain who will give you authority and partnership and protect you and give you the affirmation. There's a limited ceiling you can... So if you've ever been in prison or you ever know somebody there, let them learn to work and submit to the authorities. And if those authorities aren't good, God will do it a different way. I could tell you some stories where they told me not to pray for the sick in another facility or cast out demons. and I couldn't lay hands on anybody anymore. So what they did was, the Lord told me, just merely speak my word now. And God increased the anointing to supersede their rule. Anyway, long story short, we prayed. The power of God came. And this is what happened. This is the power of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The reason I'm sharing these stories is to build your faith and to hopefully bring a hunger and a thirst to say, I want that too. I want that also. We sent out these prayer cloths and these envelopes and the chaplain wrote this letter, which was an insert that we put the prayer cloth in and it shared about Acts 19, 11, and 12 how God did special miracles through the hands of Paul. Insomuch that those who received the prayer cloths, the demons came out and the sick were healed. So we sent these out, didn't think much about it. It was over. We went and ate our beans and rice and, you know, Jack mackerel in the bags. And we were excited. We were done with our fast. We started hearing testimonies both in letter responses and as people would go home or go call home on the, the phone, that when they got these letters in the mail, when they would touch the mail and they would grab that specific letter, the power of God would come off the letter and they were healed instantly of depression or sickness or disease or torment would lift off of their bodies or out of their minds in the matter of an instance. Others would open up the thing and before they would read it, they would grab the prayer cloth and when they would grab the prayer cloth, not knowing what this little piece of white fabric was, which is a torn up you know, t-shirt cut with prison scissors, the power of God would hit them. And they were healed and delivered. The word of the prisoner may be bound, but the word of God is not bound. You can send a prayer cloth or an apron or a handkerchief to somebody. Get a prayer group. Do some fasting. Get praying in the spirit over that thing in part and release that thing. There was another minister who was asked by a woman, walked up, says, it was R.W. Shambach, says, Brother Shambach, I, I brought you this. And he says, oh, that's a bag of starlight mints. He goes, I like those starlight mints. She said, it's not for you. And he said, what do you mean it's not for me? He said, I'm sorry, here you No, no, it, put it in your pocket. And she said, I thought you said it wasn't for me. It's not, it's for my sister. Well, give it to your sister. Well, I can't, she's in an insane asylum. And he says, what do you mean? Because she's in an insane asylum. She's been there 20 years or whatever. Because the Lord told me to give you these starlight mints for you to wear them on your body when you preach that miracle and when he will come on you and I'm going to send them into the insane asylum because they let me send, they won't let me send prayer cloths or handkerchiefs, but they'll let me send in candy. See, God's not limited. When you got the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the power and the fire, it is transferable in nature. It will go through the laying on of hands. It will go through music. 
It will go through candy. It will go through handkerchiefs and aprons. God is not limited. Seek him and ask him what he would have you to do to navigate around whatever structure or rules there are. To slip on in. Be a 007 agent for Jesus with the wisdom of God. Being gentle as a lamb, wise as a serpent, God will give you crafty Holy Spirit wisdom and ways to accomplish the release of the kingdom. If you're hungry and you ask him, he wants to do so much. Are you excited about that kind of stuff? It's cool, isn't it? So anyway, he preached and the woman came up to him after the miracle service, a bunch of people healed and delivered and this and that. And she said, well, the Shambhaka came for my candy. And he's like, well, he forgot about it. It's in your pocket. So he reached in, he handed it to her, didn't think much about it. He came through about two months later and he was preaching again. And this woman comes up with a twin-looking sister. They would look like they were the same. And he looked and he says, I want to introduce you to my sister. It's so nice to meet you. She says, no, no. This is my sister that was in the insane asylum for 20 years. He said, oh my God. He stopped the service and he pulled them up. He said, everybody get quiet. He says, I don't know what happened, but I know this is going to be good. She says, she sent in the bag of candy. They looked at it and they brought it to the sister and she's sitting there in an insane state in their wheelchair or whatever. And they gave her the candy and she unwrapped one and she put it in her mouth and the demon came screaming out. She fell out under the power. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. She got delivered of insanity because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is never about the cloth. It's never about the candy. It's never about the poultice, the figs. It's about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and with power. And he went about doing good and healing how many? All who were oppressed of the devil. The anointing will destroy yokes. It will set the captives free. He will come and destroy the works of the enemy if you'll simply allow him to use you and to build up your generator of prayer power, praying in English, praying in your own native tongue, singing psalms and hymns and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, building up an atmosphere of prayer, an atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. There's no limit to what God will do. Ephesians 3.20 God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can think or ask according to his power that works in you. Got a call today from a friend and he said to me, he says, my brother-in-law is sick. They've got him on oxygen. It's down to 40%. I said, text me, put all the information in. I text over to Africa to our team of 30. Here's what happened within one hour. His levels went from 40 miraculously to 90 or 92. They're going to take him off and he's on the road to recovery. I said, we're going to continue to pray until he's 100%. Those Africans get together and they pray in tongues. And let me tell you something. If you have prayer teams that know how to get a hold of God, know how to build up a habitation, know how to pierce through the second heaven and release the miracles of God that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven, you'll see the power of God come and transform communities, transform lives, create miracles, signs, and wonders that will catch people's attention. People aren't interested in this religious Jesus that's taught. 
They're interested in the son of the living God who came to destroy the works of the devil. When you show up on the scene, the enemy ought to be shaken in his boots. When you wake up in the morning, the devil ought to be saying, ah, he's awake again. She's awake again. That Christian is wearing me out. They're so full of the Holy Spirit. Their lamp is so full. I can't seem to get them with accusation. I can't seem to get them with temptation. I can't seem to get them with depression. I can't seem to get them with sickness. Nothing sticks to them. They're like that Teflon Christian. It all falls off. That's where you ought to be. And that's where God wants you to be. And it comes and it begins with the filling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them in Matthew and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you think they received? I think they did. Yet they were waiting in an upper room on the day of Pentecost, hiding from the world, scared to death because their Savior had been crucified. So they're hiding in an upper room, scared. You know what courage is? Courage is fear that has said its prayers. You might go in like a scared little kitten, but you come out bold as a lion when you've been praying in the Holy Ghost. When they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they came out. They were no longer hiding in an upper room, afraid of the world. Now they came out speaking in other tongues, declaring the wonderful works of God. And 3,000 get saved. Isn't that amazing? They got the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Peter's at the gate beautiful with John. There's a man carried daily. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Take my Medicare plan, take my pharma. No, no, he said, <laughs> such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. I can just see that electrical circuit coming through Peter's hand, the overflow of the Holy Ghost. And it went into the man's body and he ripped him up and the power of God came and he began to walk and leap and praise God. And because of this miracle, it opened the door for 5,000 more to get saved. See, this is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit does. It empowers you to hear God's voice. It empowers you to operate in dreams and visions and tongues and interpretation of tongues and accurate prophetic words and the miraculous to where it creates a release of the divine demonstration of God's power in so much that it removes all doubt that Jesus is the son of the living God. You know, when people come to me from other religions, I'm like, hey, can we just pray in the name of truth? They're like, well, I'm okay with the name of truth. See, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. When you pray in the name of truth, you just pray in the name of Jesus. They just came into agreement with truth. Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except by me. And when I pray in the name of truth, the Lord will give me a word of knowledge or a word about a physical illness or a family member. And with that gift of the Spirit that comes from the baptism and the Holy Spirit operating the gifts of the Spirit by the anointing, you can have it too. He's no respecter of persons. That's why you're watching right now because God's raising your faith to receive a greater impartation of what he wants to do in and through your life. God will give me that word of knowledge and I'll say, have you had this problem with the knee or the ankle or shoulder? Pray for him and I'll pray. I declare in the name of truth. And bam, the power of God hits him. Oh my gosh, what happened? That's the power of Jesus. He's the way that... See, once there's a miracle that happens, they're open to the gospel. 
Otherwise, you can just debate back and forth and back and forth doctrinal issues, but a divine demonstration of the Spirit's power will remove all doubt that Jesus Christ of Nazareth has been raised from the dead. This is the power that's available to every single believer. It's wonderful to go to a service and to attend where miracles are happening, but do you know you don't have to go to a service to go get your miracle? God will give you the miracle power and you'll go into all the world. It is not even biblical to bring people to church to get them saved. Did you know that? It's not biblical. We are the church. We go into all the world and these signs follow those who believe in my name will cast out demons, will speak with new tongues, will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They sent out, Jesus sent out the 12 to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to cleanse the lepers and to raise the dead. These are Christian basics. All we do is teach the basics here. Are you ready for the basics? Heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And we'll go on under perfection if the Lord permit. But let's get the basics back. Because he wants to use you. Look at your hands for a second. What do you see in your hands? It's not palm reading. Look by faith, the nail-scarred hand of Calvary, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall cast out devils. You shall raise the dead. You shall cleanse the lepers. When you lay hands on the sick, depression goes. When you lay hands on the sick, body parts move into place. If there's something missing, God will put in a new one because he's looking for a few good men and women. There's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, nor male nor female in Christ. It's the anointing on the inside of you that does the work. And he wants to get out into the world and play through you. I'm excited about what God's getting ready to do right now. So the open, the Samaritans were open to receive the spirit number two. But when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, this is uh, Acts chapter eight, verse 13. But when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So they believed, were saved, and were baptized. Then Simon, the sorcerer, also believed. Wow. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which Philip did. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who, when they'd come down, prayed for them. Now, remember, they, were, they believed and were baptized. They were in Samaria, 30 miles from Jerusalem. I want you to catch this. There was a delay from the time that the Samaritans believed and were baptized and became partakers of the Holy Spirit to when they had hands laid on them and the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. You can have a little blender motor and you're going to heaven. You got fire insurance, your name's in the Lamb Book of Life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit does not save you. It empowers you to go win others to Christ. The baptism in the Holy Spirit doesn't cause your name to be written twice in the Lamb's Book of Life. It just enables you to go preach the gospel so other people's names will be in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
How many want that power? It's available to every single believer. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So they sent Peter and John to them who when they come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he, the Holy Spirit, the person had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Samaria is approximately 30 miles from Jerusalem. 2,000 years ago, as most people walked wherever they went, the average walking distance in daylight during that time was about 12 and a half miles. People didn't walk at night because it was usually too dangerous. After they believed and were baptized, Acts 8, 12, they sent for the apostles to lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For this to occur chronologically, it would take a minimum of two to three days for the trip from Samaria to Jerusalem and two to three days back from Jerusalem to Samaria, meaning there are times when there is a delay between a person believing in Jesus being saved and his or her receiving the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses for Jesus. Have you received this empowerment? Have you been delayed too? Do you want it now? We're going to pray for you at the close of this message. Yeah, please. I'm going to ask my wife, wonderful, to kind of play some music under this. She's going to play light, and we're going to finish this teaching. But I want to share something with you. The word, the word witnesses in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Do you know what the word witness is in the original Koine Greek language there in Acts 1.8? It's the word martus. Very interesting word. Do you know what martus means? It's where we get our word martyr from. Wow. Wouldn't it be nice to have the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that you would be fearless and be willing to die for his name? That you'd be willing to go into a fiery furnace because you refuse to bow down to the 90-foot idol of gold in Nebuchadnezzar's time and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be willing to go into the fiery furnace saying, we're not quick to answer you in this matter. Our God is well able to deliver us, Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow. Do you have that kind of martus witnessing power? When you have that, it scares the enemy. When you show up on the scene in faith, there was a man, there was 200 pastors at this big revival event. He was preaching the gospel and somebody started to manifest a demon. So he said, take him in back and cast the devil out of him. So about 20 or 30 pastors went back there and service ends and you know, hundreds and whatever got saved and people were healed and delivered. And as he's leaving, two hours later, he hears this noise in the back. And he goes back there and he's like, what is going on? This man is frothing at the mouth and they're holding him. And people have black eyes. And he's like, what has been going on in here? He says, well, you told us to cast the demon out. He says, that was two hours ago. What have you been doing? Well, we've been trying. We've been pleading the blood of Jesus. We've been using the name of Jesus. We've been asking for words and knowledge. He says, there are 20 or 30 of you here and none of you can cast the demon out well he's thrown so-and-so across the room and he's beat him and we've got him held here the guy's frothing he goes let him go he goes no you don't understand i said let him go and they let him go and the man looked 
And the demon inside the man locked eyes with the man of God. And the man of God walked straight up to him and got right up in his face and looked at him. And he said, boo! The power of God hit him and the demon came out. The man was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues and give God glory. And the 20 or 30 pastors there were like, we don't understand. Why couldn't we cast him out? He says, because of your unbelief. This one comes out only by, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. He says, this demon only comes out by prayer and fasting. No, the unbelief that precluded you from being able to cast the demon out only comes out by prayer and fasting. If you want the power, you gotta spend some time in prayer. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. There's a price to pay for the anointing. My friend Israel Agre was in the United States. He was in Canada, or Kansas, and he was ministering. And the church people couldn't believe the signs and the wonders and the miracles. And they said, we want the secret of this power. And he says, you sure you want the secret of the power? They said, yes, we want the secret of the power. He says, I will give you the secret. Meet me at the church at midnight. So they showed up at midnight in Olathe, Kansas. Nice, healthy, affluent congregation. And there it is, midnight. They went into the sanctuary and Israel says, come, join hands. We're going to pray. They're ready to receive this power. And he started praying and he continued to pray. He was praying in tongues and he was praying in English and praying in the other four languages that he speaks. And he's praying and people one by one are breaking off after about an hour. And they leave and there's a few left and he continues to pray because he prays midnight till three. He does a night watch. <clears throat> they came back about 40 minutes later and they were in the pews. They came back to participate. It's about 1.45 in the morning. And Israel called them, thank you Jesus for your power that's made perfect. Thank you Jesus for your goodness. He said, what is that smell? He looks over, he looks up, he says, what is this smell? And they said, well, I smell hamburgers. And they said, well, well, yeah, we, 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 we got hungry. We're not used to being up this late. He said, you went and got hamburgers. Where, where did you go get hamburgers this time? Jack in the box. He says, you went to the Jack in the box? He says, this is why you Americans don't have any power. You traded it for the Jack in the box. You are all pansies, I tell you, pansies. <laughs> so if you want the power, there's a price to pay. You'll either pay the price in prayer or you'll pay it in the natural through circumstances. You'll either pay the price in prayer or you'll pay for it in circumstances in the natural. Praise the Lord. The antagonistic and hostile are the third type of person or group that receives the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul originally called Saul was antagonistic and hostile against God, the gospel, his church, and the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, and for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. That's a loving, good Jewish minister, Pharisee. They'll do it to you today in Christian churches if you're not careful and they're already doing it in other countries. There's some things coming and they're already at the door. 
you better have this baptism in the Holy Spirit that's being offered because you're going to need it to stand against what's coming. And God's empowering you today. He always leads you in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. And he does it through you. Stephen even died at the hands of Saul. Now Saul was consenting to his death and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him, Acts 8, 2 through 3. While being stoned to death, Stephen prayed for his persecutors. You want to see the non-believer and the persecutor, the hostile and the antagonistic come to Christ? Get on your knees and stop accusing them before God like Satan the accuser does. 24-7 before the throne of God. The accuser of the brethren was cast down, Revelation 12, 10, and 11, for he accused the saints of God before the throne of God day and night. Go in as the ministry of Jesus, as the intercessor who loves and forever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. And he prays for those. Guess what? You'll know what ministry you're in in your prayer closet by whether you're an intercessor praying for mercy and intervention or you're praying accusation. If you're in the ministry of accusation, clue phone, wrong ministry. If you're in the ministry of intercession, you'll see the antagonistic and the hostile come to Christ and they'll be the next person that'll evangelize. Because most people that are at high levels of witchcraft or high levels of damaging positions where they've done great havoc, they're really called that much in the kingdom of God and they haven't yielded to their calling. Woman called me today, oh yeah, so-and-so's mother was the head witch in Iceland, this and that, I got excited. I'm like, wow, she's really called by God. Just like came out of my mouth. She, woman paused, she said, what do you, I go, oh my God, what a, what a tall call she's got on her life. I can't wait till she gets saved. Let's pray that God sends Jesus on the road to her personal road to Damascus and she meets Jesus and gets knocked off her high horse of pride and gets blinded by the light so the gifting that God gave her can be used for the kingdom. When you have that kind of a prayer life instead of, oh, I pray that witch dies. Lord, I pray she dies to self and gets born again and becomes to re re resoundingly preach your message. See, it's a little bit different when you're prayed up. When you're prayed up and somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic and cuts you off, you're like, Hallelujah, Father, protect them. Pray that you teach them how to drive. <laughs> protect other people. When they pull out and cut you off and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're like, you might say some other things. You might want to give them the Hawaiian good luck sign. And that fish on the back of your bumper sticker will contradict a little bit your messaging with your hand language, sign language. Okay, so Paul being stoned to death, Stephen prayed for his persecutors and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God saying, Lord Jesus, Receive my spirit. Then Stephen knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He interceded. And it released heaven into the earth for Jesus to meet Saul on the road to Damascus and lay hands on him. Knock him off his high horse of pride, blind him by the light for three days. And then Saul writes two-thirds of the New Testament. Are you willing to spend that kind of time in prayer and to pray for your persecutors and those who are hostile and antagonistic? If so, God will respond with the fire and the lightning bolts of heaven. 
You know, when people used to mock me for having a prophetic gift, they'd call me dreamer, they'd call me this and that. The Lord showed me a secret. Lord, make them a prophet. Lord, give them dreams and visions. Let them have visitations from you. Then about a week or two, they'd come to me. Oh, Brother David, I need to talk to you. I had this incredible uh, visitation. I didn't believe this stuff was real. I'm having these dreams and I'm knowing things about people. I'm like, oh, really? Wow, maybe I can help in Scripture. Pray for your persecutors to have the same call as you've got. See what God does. Oh, I'm going to call fire from heaven. You know not what manner of spirit you're of. God answered Stephen's prayer for his antagonistic and hostile man in need of salvation by sending Jesus to visit Saul on the road to Damascus. Then Saul, still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him of the synagogue to Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, the Christians, whether men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Nasty little fellow. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then Saul fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord Jesus said to him, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. See, when people persecute you and you're full of the Holy Spirit, it's not you they're persecuting. It's Christ in you. The enemy hates the word. And the more the word is in you, the more he wants to come against you because you're more of a threat to him because you can cast him out, you can set the captives free. He wants to choke the word. Now that you know the secret to the power, now that you know how you can be not an American pansy, but an on fire believer releasing the decided will of God into the earth, isn't it exciting to know that you were made for such a time as this? Saul received the baptism in the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands, Acts 9.9. Two things are worth noting here. The vessel God used was a man named Ananias. Ananias is not one of the original 12 apostles, but rather a convert turned disciple. Second, there's no evidence that Paul immediately spoke in tongues when the hands were laid on him. Scripture does say, however, that Paul received healing from blindness when this occurred. When you get hands laid on you that you might receive the Holy Spirit, miracles happen. People get set free from depression or physical ailments. And eventually they'll find that they'll get their prayer language in tongues at a later date. I've seen people get a full language in tongues instantly. I've seen them get healed and then later they woke up speaking in tongues a day or two later. Scripture does say that uh, Paul claimed that he spoke in tongues more than anybody. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. So whether Paul received tongues at the initial evidence of the Spirit's filling is not important for the purposes of this teaching. What is important that he eventually did speak in tongues? 1 Corinthians 14, 18. And finally, we've got the unlikely. Actually, we've got one more after this. The Gentiles were the least likely to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit because they were non-Jews. Nevertheless, God filled them too. You qualify. Jew, you qualify. Non-Jew, you qualify. Antagonistic and hostile, you qualify. Open, you qualify. Prepared, you qualify. He wants to fill you and then use you. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word and of those, and those of the circumcision, the Jews believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And finally, the fifth group is the un 
informed and we're closing and we're going to begin to pray on video and we're going to also pray for you here and we've got a fire-filled evangelist from australia that's seen hundreds and hundreds filled with the holy spirit the uninformed finally 25 years after pentecost acts chapter 19 verse 1 through 6 god filled an uninformed group of john's early disciples at ephesus and it happened while apollos was at corinth that paul having passed through the upper regions came to ephesus interesting Paul, who was antagonistic, got filled, and now he's laying hands on others to get filled. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Many churches preach a father and a son, but they don't preach the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, which is the empowerment for every believer. It's not the Father, Son, and Holy Word, Jesus is the Word made flesh. It's the Father, Son, which is the Word, and the Holy Spirit brings it to life. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with water. It's a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They got two gifts. Now the men were about 12 in all, Acts 19, 1 through 7, New King James Version. God is so merciful in giving the Holy Spirit to anyone who will believe him. One might ask how these disciples could have missed this truth from Scripture for a quarter of a century, the same way many of us miss it several years after we're saved and serving the Lord. We just haven't been taught about any such thing. If you've already received the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, God will give you a fresh baptism and you'll have the Word of God become bold like a lion out of you in addition to speaking in tongues. If you've already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues and you've already got a boldness, He'll add signs and wonders to you. If you've already got that, He'll add handkerchiefs and aprons anointing to you. If you've already got that, He'll add Peter's shadow to you. There's never a limitation on how much He'll give you as he grows you from grace to grace, faith to faith, and the path grows brighter and brighter. Let us stand. And Carl, would you come? I want you to pray with me through the camera because people are watching online now and they'll watch this for many, many months to come. I want you just to release what God has put on your life in International Crusades. 75,000 just came to Christ in Tanzania where you were at in five crusades. And hundreds of thousands just came to Christ through Christ for all nations this last weekend. Yes. In Ibadan, 87 miles outside of Lagos, Nigeria, 88 evangelists just dropped into Nigeria with Daniel Kalinda. And so that same spirit that's on these ministries is now coming to you. Go ahead, Carl, please. Father, we just thank you today. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, wherever you are, just lift your hands up toward heaven. Just lift up your head. God is going to pour his spirit out upon you. It's for everyone who believes. It's for everyone who asks. And you can receive that 
by faith right now in Jesus' name. If you are filled, He will give you a spiritual language. He will put a fresh touch upon your life. You'll step into a new level as you've heard David already share. So be ready to receive. Reach up right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that is for us to receive by faith right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray, send your Spirit now in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, right now. Fill them to overflowing. Each one filled to overflowing. Each one receiving an impartation of the power of God right now in Jesus' mighty name. Great boldness coming upon them, Lord, for your glory, Lord, to stand and to preach your word, to witness for you power to be witnesses in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that power for miracles coming upon them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, release that anointing, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, discernment of spirits. Lord, all of the gifts will be manifesting along with the gift of tongues, which is beginning to bubble up. As your word says, out of the innermost being will come rivers of living water. And right now, cause that living water to bubble up and spring forth like a like a fountain, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. If you're receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time right now, open your mouth, just breathe it, then begin to speak out in this heavenly language. Just keep your hands up, keep your head up, keep on drinking in the Holy Ghost. Drink until you're overflowing. You're a vessel being filled up. You're being filled up to overflowing. Oh, Dreams and visions, Lord. Father, just releasing over your people right now those manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Lord, 
break rubo jofala batike rubo bamba deshna mosma vrabo tutiki makate de busma erbu jugo volumba kata busma erisiki ba father i pray in the name of jesus release spiritual languages over your people lord those that have just had stammering tongues lord i pray in the name of jesus that you'd release divine languages over them lord that they would be able to speak in tongues and someone would understand what they are saying lord in the name of jesus kimanda garebe shlefosa nemashkarabolo fukdispale agotumo kibjigiaso franda bashnama arbukot begidia dugudaba 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 thank you lord in jesus mighty name kukamashako bubababa praise the lord we were out praying for people in the audience as well Carl, I'd like you to release the fire as well. Mm. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. Amen. John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me. His name is Jesus, Yeshua, the Son of the living God, the promised Messiah. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, the Holy Spirit that is being poured out right now, Lord, is the Holy Spirit that is the fire of God. And Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, let fire fill these people to overflowing. Let them be, Lord, set ablaze for you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them such that they cannot contain it, that consuming fire, coming upon them in Jesus name burning up the dross lord jesus and putting in them a satiable appetite lord for more and more of you more of your word father more of your presence let that consuming fire burn within them right now in the mighty name of jesus shakumarobo sandaribidi zibulugala mama and lord i pray let the manifestations of that flame lord let each one of those manifestations Lord begin to burst out of them. Lord, just like the colors in the fire, let the manifestations of the spirit begin to bubble forth that they open their mouth now and prophesy because of that gift of the spirit, because of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Shamakorisia, arekni mashukubabala, riri bibi, angurumuskaramasunda. Lord, and I pray that each one of them be a flaming torch for you. Lord, because they are filled with the Spirit, Lord, because they are filled with your Word, which you declared is as a fire. Lord, that it is burning within them. Even right now, I pray that they will not be able to hold back the Word of God any longer, but the Word of God will come forth with fire. Fire in Jesus' name, Lord, that they would be, as it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, filled with the Spirit, they will see power, and they shall be my witnesses. Lord, so let that fire so burn in them that it is not able to be contained, not able to be put out. Lord, that it will blaze through their lives. Receive that fire. Be filled with that fire. In Jesus' mighty name. Shema kurasa. Shema kurasa. Ribiri kabujuranza. Veburugudi bogedema. Hekriyandugunama. Hekriyandugunama. Ablebek denbuchnandavoskabli. Atoroburuba. Ribiri kibia. 
in Jesus name amen Carl, would you go lay hands on people as well we're going to close up Carl's going to go out Evangelist Carl from Australia is going to go out and begin to pray I pray for some people with very different anointings so if you want a book on tongues what the Bible really says about tongues you can go to our site at virtual church media to the shop link and uh, you can you can buy a download of that book. You can also go on Amazon and buy it on Softback or Kindle. And uh, we thank you for your support. Please feel free to uh, partner with us on virtualchurchmedia.com. I'm David. My wife Joanna. We're the Herobedians. Virtualchurchmedia.com. We'll see you next week. And next week, next week we're going to be talking about the four different types of speaking in tongues. We're going to look at them biblically and break down the different types of tongues so we have understanding as we begin to operate in prayer power so we're lions in the spirit and God grows kittens into lions in the prayer closet in the secret place. God bless you. And Father, I pray healing right now into that body and I pray depression to go right now. I curse off, break off uh, night torments right now. And I speak brand new armor upon your life. Broken, beat up, tattered armor. I declare angelic release of armor upgrade for you. The whole armor of God from Ephesians 6, verse 12 through 18 is yours now by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's renewing you right now in the name of Jesus. We love you in Christ. We'll see you next week and we are excited about what God's doing. Bye-bye.